0: I, was, I remember sitting and uh, it was it, was, it was in the evening I was sitting at the, the Silver Spur and Pier and I remember looking up through uh, looking up and watching the crowd and I can hear the music I can see the smoke, I see people laughing and dancing and, and everything going on around them and I remember so distinctly saying, God I don't want to live like this anymore
1: I don't want to live like this anymore Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Can you relate to what you've just heard? Are you tired of the way you're living? Or do you know someone who is? Then you won't want to miss what Chug Garrow from the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe has to say. My name is Faye Allen
0: Garrow. Those who know me on the reservation all my life know me as as Chug, and that has been my name since I was a, a wee little boy. Not because of the things I'd done in my grown-up years, but uh, because I was a my grandfather said I was a chubby little baby, so I chug lugged along, and and Chug has has been my name since that time. I grown up and was raised on the Cheyenne River Sioux Reservation in uh, in the Eagle Butte area uh my parents were, were ranchers my grandfather and grandmother were ranchers and i grew up in the lifestyle of ranching and rodeo when i was younger i i, I learned how to ride when i was very young um uh, when i was born my mother had bought me a bought me a saddle and uh so i grew up on horseback i grew up working with cows i grew up um with stories of the old west and and uh, enjoyed life out in the country and, and all the benefits of that. Um in my family I'm the I'm the oldest of eight children. And things were I remember you know mom working very hard uh, to make ends meet when we were kids and uh, I don't know how she did it but I I realized that she had uh, put a lot of effort into uh, to taking care of the kids yeah, and dad also. Growing up when I was younger it was uh, not all things were we good for us. And even though we were there as a family and we had a home and a place to go to out in the country and to enjoy the outdoors, I do know that alcohol was very much part of our our family. And I don't I've never seen my mother drink, but I know that uh dad drank. And you know, I remember looking up to all of those those older men in the rodeos and ranching and and everybody drank back then and it's something that, uh, even today that kids want to do. And, and uh, you know, we thought that was, uh, a, a symbol of our manhood if we could, we could drink when we were younger. And, but it, it caused a lot of problems. Uh, I remember, you know, dad doing, you know, the best he can, but yet, uh, he was, he was, you know, he was good in the rodeos and good in ranching and, and knew a lot of things. But, you know, alcohol was taking its toll on the family. And you know, we had, uh, I know we had to, we had to, uh, run from him at times. Uh, and mom would take care of us. And, and those are scary times for us kids. And I know for me, cause, you know, on one sand, you, you, you know, you see dad there, but you, you see him acting under the influence of alcohol and that was not good. I, I can look back on this and, and see how, you know, what, what it has done to dad and, and what it had done to, you know, to influence my life. But I guess I also need to, to mention at this time is that, uh, dad hasn't drank for over 15 years now. And, uh, you know, the, the things that, the changes that have been made in his life are, are just tremendous. And he's such an advocate against, uh, alcohol and what it can do to, do to families, you know, and, and uh, I'm very proud of him for that. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, that God has kept him alive to, uh, to uh, experience uh, the life that I know that he would have desired to experience even more when he was younger, but those early times are tough, and a lot of alcohol involved and a lot of running, a lot of fear uh, that we had experienced because of alcohol. there was fighting and arguments in our home, and you know nobody desires that, but uh, you know alcohol was having its effect upon us. I know myself there was a uh, Within that, there was also, in the midst of those times, there was also, you know, influences of the church. I remember as a kid, you know, wanting to go to church, not really understanding why, but knowing that, even at a young age, that uh, that, that church was seemed to be a place of security. And then later on in, in life, as we as I got older, you know, just adopting the ways of my those the adults around me and. And drinking and smoking and getting into high school and then, and just really, you know, suddenly, you know, beginning to experiment with uh, marijuana and then other drugs. How, you know, I look back now and see how it just, it really, you know, changed my way of thinking. And especially as a, you know, getting into those rebellious years and wanting to do things of my own that, that, uh, alcohol didn't mix with, uh, my father and I. And we ended up getting into a fight and, uh, I moved out. It must have been around my junior year of high school and moved in and moved in with a friend of mine. And, you know, I went on to, to graduate high school, uh, living at his place, but you know, still alcohol and drugs were pretty much an everyday part of my life. And they just, you know, my cousins were there. We'd all do these, you know, um, we would all be partying together and, and, um, and I, I look back and see the effects that it has upon, you know, some of those individuals today because they're still doing that. And, um, I know that, I know they must be hurting because I, I was hurting back then and I wanted change. And again, as I look back on that, during those times there, there were people within our community who I didn't know were Christians at the time, but There was something different about them, and you know, I was drawn to that, but uh, I didn't know how to approach it. And I really, I during those times, I didn't know what Christianity was. I I knew there was churches and that we were supposed to go. We did have a little bit of formal background in in uh, in a church, but you know, I knew something was different, and part of me wanted to to be with them. But yet, uh, just hanging out with the other kids that, you know, just stayed involved in alcohol and, and the drugs and, and, uh, um, things didn't go well. I remember after, after high school, leaving, uh, living with a year with my uncles down in Arizona. Things didn't change. There's still the rodeos and the drinking and the drugs and returning and then going into the military in 1978 and, uh, Going through basic training and going over to Germany and, you know, the, the idea of experiencing Europe over there, um, you know, again, just, uh, the things in the military were exciting. They did, they did a great, uh, did a, a lot for, you know, exposing me to the things of the world and how to become more independent of myself. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, the, the alcohol and the drugs, you know, still continued the use even over there. I look back on that with you know, with regrets because I see that you know we could have been so much better in the work that we had done uh if those things hadn't been a part of it. well my life changed from from being you know uh, being active in rodeos and and ranching to uh, being in the military and and still just kinda you know very wild and rebellious I got back from the uh, from Germany and went down to Fort Hood, Texas. I, at that time, I bought myself a, a Harley Davidson, and the only attitude I had on my mind was ride hard, die free, and you know, running around with others, others uh, that were living that same life. And again, just the drinking, the the drugs was very much a part of my lifestyle. And returned, returned home, and and uh, met my wife and Karen and. You know, but, uh, you know, felt that, you know, there was direction, you know, felt like there was direction now in my life. And, um through that, um, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't married, but, uh, we were living together and, and then, um, she became pregnant with our, our firstborn son. And, uh, um, well, we, we got married. It just felt, you know, that was the right thing to do and but uh i I just but my own lifestyle was still a part of it i wanted to devote more time it seemed like to to riding and and my bike and and my friends and drinking than i did to my family and and over time it it eroded our relationship and i began to you know be attracted to to other other women and i committed adultery on my wife and and I knew that was wrong and not knowing how to, how to get out of it. And, and, uh, you know, we, we separated and, you know, it felt like I was losing everything. And we were able to, to get back together again uh, over time. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I said I was going to change and make those changes, but, uh, you know, again, it just, the thing just, were there they were you know the, the 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 running around the the drinking was was, was taking a toll upon upon my life and and uh a big change came in in nineteen in April thirteenth nineteen eighty five um, uh, my wife was uh, was going into labor and we took her down to the down to pier to the hospital and while we were down there. Uh, she gave birth to our second son. And I used the ex, you know, I used the excuse that I had a, another son to just go out and to drink. And, and I see that, um, that, uh, I look back and I see how God was about ready to answer a prayer of mine. And I, I was, I remember sitting and uh, it was, it was, it was in the evening. I was sitting at the, the Silver Spur and Pier and uh, I remember looking up through, uh, looking up and, and watching the crowd and I could hear the music. I can see the smoke. I see people laughing and dancing and and everything going on around them. And I remember so distinctly saying, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I walked out of the bar and I got my, my uncle's pickup and and uh, about 10 minutes later, I was stopped and picked up for DWI. And I spent the night in jail, and the next day they, they let me out. Well, by that time, I, I, was, I was beginning to feel the deep remorse for my actions.
1: Well, we're out of time, but you can be sure that there are better days ahead for Chuck. What about you? Are you tired of the way you're living? That's an important place to be if things are going to change. But let's face it. We need more than change. We need forgiveness. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death, an eternal painful separation from our holy and just Creator. But in His great love and mercy, God has made a way for us to be forgiven. That's what Jesus Christ, the cross, and the empty tomb are all about. When we place our trust in Him, He forgives us, saves us, and gives us the power to change. Want to know more? Write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota 56619 Our phone number is 877-766-4648 That's 877-766-4648 We're also online at withoutreservation.com Thanks for listening And remember the greatest story took place at the cross For the wages of sin is death But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's more to Chug's story and you won't want to miss it. So please join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.